Well, praise the Lord. Welcome again, everyone. And um, I was. This is Pastor Sharon, and we. I will be leading prayer tonight. And I thank God for all of you that your heart was set on being a part of prayer tonight. So what we're gonna do? I'm gonna go ahead. I just want to get started with a, a prayer of Thanksgiving. I've been thinking about that and thinking about that, and we. We're just such a privileged people because we have the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. And we have Almighty God as our Father. And, and we are just we are just blessed immensely. And I do thank God for that. So I've been thinking about it today. I really want to pray a prayer of thanksgiving. So if you'll just uh Listen, you know, amen, you're on mute, so you can amen at home if you like. But we're going to go ahead and get started here. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, with the help of the Holy Spirit, and by your grace. We join with the heavenly host, making a joyful noise to you, and we serve you with gladness. We come before your presence with singing. Lord, we know, we perceive, we recognize and understand that you are God. It is you who made us, not we ourselves, and we belong to you. We are your people and the sheep of your pastor. Father, we enter into your gates with thanksgiving, and your, we present an offering of thanks. We enter into your courts with praise. For God, we are thankful, and we delight to say that you are our God. We bless and affectionately praise your name, for you are good and your mercy and loving kindness are everlasting. Your faithfulness and truth endure to all generations. It is a good and delightful thing to give thanks to you, O Most High. Lord, by your Holy Spirit, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, perfect the fruit of our lips. Help us draw thanksgiving forth from our innermost resource. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Reach down into the most secret places of our hearts that we may offer significant thanksgiving to you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for our parents. They gave us life, and you were the orchestrator of that. You knew us before we were even conceived by our parents. You prepared us to listen to the inner voice, the voice of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your grace, which is teaching us to trust you even the more. Thank you for life, life in all of its abundantness. It was you who gave us the desire to pray, and we are grateful for the prayer closet where we meet you every day. We thank you 
for your word. Life is exciting and we are grateful that we are alive for such a time as this, a time to give you thanksgiving and to show our love for you and to thank you for being our father. Thank you for the past and the present relationships. For we have learned from those relationships, even those who oppose us, and from those who are for us. You taught us to recognize and understand our strengths and our weaknesses. You gave us discernment and spiritual understanding. We enter your gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. Yes, Father. You are our Father, and we are your children. Father, we are loved by you unconditionally, and we rejoice in you, Lord, and give thanks at the remembrance of your holiness. We are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. For in Jesus' name we pray and give thanks. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And if I could use tonight as a uh, scripture reference, uh, I'd like to go to the book of Psalms, book 138, verse number 8. And it reads, this is the book of Psalms, 138, verse 38. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thy own hands. Praise the Lord. Amen. Good evening. Amen. This is Pastor Eric Davis, and I'll be praying a prayer to glorify God. In view of God's mercy, we offer our body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is our spiritual act of worship. It is not in our own strength, for it is you, Lord, who are all the while effectively at work in us, energizing and creating in us the power and desire both to will and work for your good pleasure and satisfied and delight. Father, we will not draw back or shrink in fear, for then your soul will have no delight or pleasure in us. We have wrought with a price, purchased with a preciousness, and paid for made your very own. So then we honor you, Lord, and bring glory to you in our body. We call on you in the day of trouble. You deliver us, and we shall honor and glorify you. We rejoice because you delivered us and drew us to yourself out of the control and dominion of darkness, obscurity, and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of your love. We will confess and praise you, O Lord, our God, our whole united heart, and we will glorify your name forever. As a bond servant of Jesus Christ, we receive and develop the talent that has been given to us, for we would have you say of us, well done, you upright, honorable, admirable, and faithful servant. We make use of the gift, facilities, talents, qualities, qualities, according to the grace given to us as we are light so shine before men 
that they may see our more excellent and our praiseworthy, noble, and good deeds, and recognize and honor and praise and glorify our Father who is in heaven. In the name of Jesus, we allow our life to lovely express truth in all things, speaking truth, dealing truthfully, living truthfully, whatever we do, no matter what it is, in word or deed, we do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus and in his dependency upon his person, giving praise to God, the Father, through him. Whatsoever may be our task, we work at it heartily from the soul as something done for the Lord and not for me. To God the Father be all the glory and honor and praise. Amen. Our scripture reference that will be coming out of tonight will be the book of Psalms, chapter 86, amen, verse 12. That's the book of Psalms, chapter 86, verse 12 in the Amplified Version. I will give thanks and praise you, O Lord, my God, with all my heart, and will glorify your name forever. Amen. Good evening. My name is Helen Howard, and I will be praying, overcoming prejudice. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you asking your forgiveness for being intolerant of one another because of the colors of our skin. Forgive us for tolerating prejudice in the household of faith. Set us free from the influence of public opinion that we may live out our originated faith. Forgive us for segregating ourselves by color, by a measure of wealth or intellect. We are all your children, the sheep of your past. <clears throat> you made us and not be ourselves. We are one blood redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, who was slain before the foundation of the world. We are baptized into Christ and have put on the family likeness of Christ. We call for an end to division and segregation in Christ's family. May there be no division into Jew and non-Jew, slave and free, male and female. Among us, we are all that is, we are all in a common relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for bringing us together in Christ through death on the cross. The cross got us to embrace, and that was the end of the hostility. Lord, Jesus came and preached peace to us outside and peace to us inside. He treated us all as and so made us through him share the same spirit and have equal access to you, Father. The kingdom of faith is now our home country, and we are no longer strangers or outsiders. We belong here. Lord, you are building a home. You are using us all in respect to how we got here and what you are building. You are fitting us in with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone who holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after 
We will not suffer shame. We are delivered from the fear of disgrace. We will not be humiliated. We relinquish the shame of our youth. It is well with our soul, for you have redeemed us. You have called us by our name. We are in your will for our life at this time. We are being transformed through the renewing of our minds. We are able to test, the approve, test and approve ourselves what your will is, your good and acceptable and perfect will. You have good things reserved for our future. All of our needs will be met according to your riches and glory. We will replace worry for our family with asking you to protect and care for them. You are love and perfect love cast out fear. In Jesus' name, amen. Our scripture reference tonight will be coming from out of the book of Jeremiah 29 and 11. Again, our scripture reference tonight will be coming from out of the book of Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. And I will be reading from out of the Amplified Version. For I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. Amen. This is Pastor P.B. David, and I will be praying, renewing the Father in Jesus' name. We thank you that we shall prosper and be in health, even as our soul prospers. We have the mind of Christ, the Messiah, and do hold the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of his heart. We trust in you, Lord, with all of our hearts. We lead not unto our own understanding, but in all of our ways, we acknowledge you and you shall direct our path. Today, we submit ourselves to your word, which exposes and sifts and analyzes and judges the very thoughts and purposes of our hearts. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through you to the pulling down of strongholds, intimidation, fears, doubt, unbelief, and failure. We refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets up the true knowledge of God. And we leave every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Today, we shall be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Your word, Lord, shall not depart out of our mouth, but we shall meditate on it day and night, that we may observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then we shall make our way prosperous, then we shall have good success. Our thoughts are the thoughts of the diligent, which tend only to pleasedness. Therefore, we are not anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, we present our request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. 
today. We fix our mind on whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and wisdom and gracious. If there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, we will think on and wait and take account of these things. Today, we roll our works upon you, Lord. We commit and trust them wholly to you. You will cause our thoughts to become agreeable to your will, and so shall our plans be established and succeed. In Jesus' name we pray. And our scripture reference for tonight will be coming out of the book of Joshua <coughs> chapter 1, verse 8. And again, our scripture reference for tonight will come out of the book of Joshua, the first chapter, verse 8, the King James Bible translation. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Amen. Good evening. This is Crystal and Hayes, and I will be praying adoration. Hallowed be thy name. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Bless the Lord, O our souls, and all that is within us, bless your holy name. We adore you and make known to you our adoration and love this day. We bless your name, Elohim, the creator of heaven and earth, who was in the beginning. It is you who made us, and you have crowned us with glory and honor. You are the God of might and strength. Hallowed be thy name. We bless your name, El Shaddai, the God almighty of blessings. You are the breasty one who nourishes and supplies. You are all bountiful and all sufficient. Hallowed be thy name. Bless, we bless your name, Adonai, our Lord and our Master. You are Jehovah, the completely self-existing one, always present, revealed in Jesus, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallowed be thy name. We bless your name, Jehovah Jireh, the one who sees our needs and provides for them. Hallowed be thy name. We bless your name, Jehovah Rapha, our healer, and the one who makes bitter experiences sweet. You sent your word and healed us. You forgave all our iniquities and you healed all our diseases. Hallowed be thy name. We bless your name, Jehovah M. Kadesh, the Lord, our sanctifier. You have set us apart for yourself. Hallowed be thy name. Jehovah Nisi, you are our victory, our banner and our standard. Your banner over us is love. When the enemy comes in like a flood, you lift up a standard against him. 
hallowed be thy name. Jehovah Shalom, we bless your name. You are our peace, the peace which transcends all understanding, which garrisons and mounts guard over our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Hallowed be thy name. We bless you, Jehovah Tisikanu, our righteousness. Thank you for becoming sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallowed be thy name. Jehovah Rohi, you are our shepherd, and we shall not want for any good or beneficial thing. Hallowed be thy name. Hallelujah to Jehovah Shema, the one who will never leave or forsake us. You are always there. We take comfort and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, the Lord is our helper. We will not be seized with alarm. We will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to us? Hallowed be thy name. We worship and adore you, El Elyon, the most high God, who is the first cause of everything, the possessor of the heavens and earth. You are the everlasting God, the great God, the living God, the merciful God, the faithful God, the mighty God. You are truth, justice, righteousness, and perfection. You are El Elyon, the highest sovereign of the heavens and the earth. Hallowed be thy name. Father, you have exalted above all else your name and your word, and you have magnified your word above all your name. The word was made flesh and dwelt among, among us. And his name is Jesus. Hallowed be thy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And our scripture reference this evening will come from the book of Genesis, chapter 15, verses 1, 2, and 8. That's the book of Genesis, chapter 15, verses 1, 2, and eight. Verse one, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision saying, fear not Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Verse two, and Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eliza of Damascus. Verse 8. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? Amen. Glory be to God. This is Sister Mary's Mata. I will be praying to the Father in Jesus' name. Divine intervention, thy kingdom come. Heavenly Father, we pray according to the book of Matthew, the sixth chapter, the tenth verse, thy kingdom come. We're looking for the soon coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, we are even here and now your children. It is not yet this close made clear, but we should be hereafter. But we know that when Jesus comes and is manifest, 
we shall, as God's children, resemble him, be like him. For we shall see him just as he really is. You said, Father, that everyone who has this hope resting on him cleanses, purifies himself just as he is pure, chaste, undefiled, guiltless. For the grace of God, his unmerited favor and blessing has come forth, appeared for the deliverance from sin and the eternal salvation for all men. It has trained us to reject and renounce all ungodliness, irreligious, and worthily passionate desires to live, decrease, temple, self-control, upright, devout, spiritually whole lives in this present world, awaiting and looking for the fulfillment, the realization of our blessed hope. Even the glorious appearance of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the Anointed One. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. We thank you, Father, that the Lord shall come to earth and all the holy ones, saints, and angels with him. And the Lord should be king over all the earth. And that day he should be one Lord and his name one. The government shall be upon his shoulder. We just thank you, Father. Father, we thank you that we shall join the great forces in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Father, we just thank you tonight. We know, Father God, that your kingdom belongs to you and your chosen one. Yours, O oh Lord, is the greatness and power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. We thank you for your majestic, your royal power, Lord God, your awesome power. We just thank you, Lord, for all that is in the heavens and the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O oh Lord, and yours. It is to be exalted as head over all. Thy kingdom come. Hallelujah. Amen. We thank you tonight, Heavenly Father. We thank for our, thank the Lord for our scriptural reference tonight, and I will be bringing it unto you, the book of 1 John, the third chapter, the second verse, and the third verse. The book of 1 John, the third chapter, the second verse, and the third verse, and it reads the second verse, Beloved, now we, now are we the sons of God, and it doeth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. The third verse, and every man that has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. Amen. Deacon is Patricia McNair, and I will be praying submission. That will be done. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that the will of God be done in our life as it is in heaven. For we are your own handiwork, your own workmanship, recreating Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works that you predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths that you prepared ahead of time, 
lose your walk again, living the good life that you privileged and made ready for us to live. Teach us to do your will, for you are God. Let your good spirit lead us into a plain country and into the land of uprightness. Jesus, you gave, yielded yourself up to atone for our sins and to save and sanctify us in order to rescue and deliver us from this present wicked age and world order in accordance with the will and purpose and plan of our God and Father. In the name of Jesus, we're not conformed to this world, but we are transformed by the renewing of our minds that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For this is the will of God, who we should be consecrated, separated, and set apart for pure and holy living, who we should abstain from all sinful life, who we should know how to possess, control, manage our own body in purity, separated from things for things, and in consecration and honor, not to be used in the passion of lust like a heathen, or to use the true God and have no knowledge of his will. Father, thank you that you chose us. Actually, pick us out for yourself as your own in Christ before the foundation of the world. So we should be holy, consecrated, and set apart for you and blameless in your sight, even above reproach, for your love. Having predestinated us unto the death of a child by Jesus Christ to yourself, according to the good pleasure of your will. Your will be done on earth and our life as it is in heaven. Amen. And so be it. Our scripture lesson for tonight, we're coming from the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 10. And that's coming from the Amplified Bible. The book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 10. Who are his workmanship, creating Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we shall walk in them. Amen. My name is Sister Mildred King. I will be praying, give us this day our daily bread. In the name of Jesus, we confess with the psalmist David that we have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Father, thank you for food, clothing, and shelter in the name of Jesus. We are learning to stop being perpetually uneasy and anxious and worried about our life, what we shall eat and what we shall drink, or about our body, what we shall put on. Our life is greater in quantity than food in the body, far above and more excellent and clothing. The bread of idleness, gossip, discontent, and self-pity, we will not eat. It is you, Father, who will liberally supply fill to the full. Our every need according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Your words was found and we did eat them. And your word was to us a joy and the rejoicing of our heart. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus, you are the bread of life that gives us life, the living bread. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, for spiritual bread, manna from heaven. Amen. My scripture work will be coming out of the book of Matthew, chapter 9. Through 11, first. My scripture reference is coming out of the book of Matthew, chapter 6 through 9, and it reads After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed will be thy name. My scripture reference is coming out of the book of Matthew 6 10. 
thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Chapter 6, verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. Amen. This is Minister Smith, and I will be praying the prayer for forgiveness. Forgive us our debt. Father, we forgive everyone who has trespassed against us so that you can forgive us our trespasses. Not having received the Holy Spirit and being led and directed by him, if we forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If we retain the sins of anyone, they are retained. Father, your word says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's in the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 44, the Amplified Version. We come before you in Jesus' name to lift up our nation before you. We invoke blessings upon our nation and pray for our nation's happiness. We implore your blessings, favor upon our nation. Father, not only will we pray for our nation, but we set ourselves to treat our nation well, do good to act nobly toward our nation. We will be merciful, sympathetic, tender, responsive, and compassionate toward our nation, even as you are Father. Our desire is to be an imitator of you, and we can do all things through Christ Jesus, who strengthens us. Father, we thank you that we have great peace in this situation, but we love your law and refuse to take offense toward our nation. Jesus, we are blessed, happy, with life, joy, and satisfaction, and God's favor and salvation apart from our condition, and to be entered, because we take no offense in you and refuse to be hurt or resentful or annoyed or repelled or made to stumble, whatever may occur. And now, Father, we roll this work upon you commit and trust it wholly to you. And we believe that you will cause our thoughts to become in agreement to your will. And so our plan shall be established and succeed. In Jesus' name, amen. My scripture reference will come out of the book of Psalms, chapter 119, verse 165. My scripture reference will come out of the book of Psalms, Chapter 119, verse 165, the Amplified Version. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Amen. Good evening. I'm Minister Betty Biggles, and my prayer tonight will be guidance and deliverance. Lead us not into temptation. There has no temptation taken us, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer us to be tempted above that which we are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that we may be able to bear it. I count it all joy when we fall into various temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of our faith works patience. 
I would not say when I am tempted. I am tempted from God, for God is incapable of being tempted by what is evil, and he himself tempts no one. Thank you, Jesus, for giving yourself for our sins, that you might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father, to whom we glory forever and ever. Father, in the name of Jesus, and according to the power that is at work in us. We will keep awake, give strict attention, be cautious, and watch and pray that we may not come into temptations. In Jesus' name, amen. Our scripture reference tonight will be coming out of the book of Matthew, chapter 26. Verse 41. Again, our scripture reference tonight will be coming out of the book of Matthew, chapter 26, verse 41. And it reads, Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Amen. Good evening. My name is Alex Hayes. Chapter 71 and verse 8. 
Psalm chapter 71 and verse 8. And it reads, Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor. Amen. Praise the Lord. This is Pastor Lester Hayes, birthday boy, coming at you. We're going to do the closing prayer tonight. Amen. Amen. We give God praise. We give him glory. We give him honor tonight. Amen. And we want to be praying tonight in our closing prayer that we would keep God's commandments because we love God. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And so that's our prayer tonight that everyone on this line, our family, our seed, our seed, seed, our, our friends that are that are saved, anyone we know that is saved, all that are joining us. I pray tonight that we will keep God's commandments out of love for him. Amen. In order that we might be kept by him, kept by the Father. Amen. And we got saved. He gave us to Jesus Christ as his sheep. And he also keeps us because we belong to him. So that's our prayer tonight. So fathers, we bring this prayer, our power tonight to a close. We thank you for all the prayers that have been previously prayed. We thank you for all the answers that we have seen manifest over the years that we've been praying, oh God, the affectionate, fervent prayers of the righteous. And tonight we're trusting you, God, that, Father, that we would keep your commandments because we love you in order that we might be kept by you. And so, Father, we just give you the praise tonight. You have given us a comforter. You've given us a counselor. You've given us another helper, the Holy Ghost to walk alongside, walk alongside of us as a, as a paraclete, to direct us, to guide us, to counsel us, to bring to our remembrance all of those commandments, at least we forget them. So, Jesus, we thank you that you are our keeper. We thank you, Father God, that you also are our keeper. And we thank you, God the Holy Ghost, that you too are our keeper because you are three in one, the Godhead body. We thank all of you for keeping us tonight. And we want to pray tonight that you give us strength, Lord, that we might be able to keep loving you, keep obeying your word, Lord God, your commandments and you. We pray tonight that you give us the strength and the grace and the power to keep on praising you and worshiping you and serving you and honoring you. We pray tonight, God, that you give us the strength and the power to be able to uh, continue to pray to you, to talk to you and talk with you. We thank you tonight for just giving us the strength and the power to keep following you, trusting you, hoping in you, relying on you, believing in you, depending on you, putting faith in you. And we pray tonight, Father, that you would just give us the power, the strength to keep seeking you early, that we might find you, your face, looking for you, God, early in the morning and in every situation and circumstance, before the storm, during the storm, and after the storm, that we would continue to seek you. We pray now, Father, that we will keep hearing your word, reading your word, studying your word, meditating on your word, and memorizing your word, that we might have your word as Jesus had it in the book of Luke, as he, the fourth chapter, as he went through the wilderness. He had your word readily available, and it was your word that he gave to Satan. That is, you know, it's God's will that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So this is our prayer tonight, God, that you would just continue to keep us Lord God, that you will continue, Lord God, to let your word, Lord God, 
be that instrument that you use to teach us and to show us, to instruct us in the paths of righteousness. Because you said your word is good for us as a doctrine. It's good for us for reproof. It's good for us for correction. It's good for us for instruction in righteousness that we would just keep your commandments, hide it in our hearts that we don't sin against you so that the men and women of God may be thoroughly furnished and prepared unto every good work. So, Father, we thank you. I especially thank you for another birthday, another year. I thank you for all my wonderful family members, Lord God, who have made it extra special. I thank you for the saints from both houses of worship, More Than Conquered Warriors Christ Ministry, New Freedom Christian Ministry. I just thank and praise you for all the friends from around the world that join us frequently and often. Lord, all the birthday wishes, well wishes that came in, all the gifts, all the love, acts of love and kindness. Just give you the praise and glory and honor. Thank you for a wonderful meal that I was hosted by my wife, Lord God, today at Giorgio's, my favorite place. Thank and praise you, Lord God, for this night to be with friends on the prayer line, just praying to you. And now, Lord, I lift it all up to you, and I ask you, God, to provide oversight over it. Keep everybody safe right now. Watch over my son, Alex, who's on the road driving, making it hit this way to his family. And just, God, be with us right now as we go about our day. God, we continue to pray for our nation that's struggling right now, Lord God, for the most part, because there's division. There is still, Lord God, police brutality, young black men being gunned down, mm. questions, no questions asked, Lord God. And so, Father, we just ask you to uncover this, this, this evil right now, expose it. We ask you to touch the court system that have to make a decision to release the video so that the family may have closure, that they may have yes. details, pictures, whatever the case might be, information, exactly what happened to their loved ones. So we're just praying right now that legislation be passed, investigations take place without any hindrance, blockage. Lord God, that we may have justice, not just social justice, but we may have your justice because you're always just and right in what you do. When we just look to you tonight, the author, finish and develop our faith, thank you for exposing all of this corruption, all this evil. Finally, Lord God, the people get to see, Lord God, that when the righteous are in charge, the people prosper. But when the wicked are in charge, Lord God, amen, the people are tormented. And we know, God, we're still feeling the, the, the devastation from the last administration, Lord God, because there were things that were put in place, licensing and giving these people, Lord God, a place to run to when they carry out these horrendous acts. So we just give you praise tonight. We give you glory that it's all coming out, Lord God. And I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that we not be so quick Lord God, going after justice, that we create another situation that's unjust. So help us to be calm. Help us to trust the process and the system. Help us to do the right thing, too, as we pursue justice. And at the end of the day, God, we're going to have to love and pray for those who persecute us, speak and do all manner of evil against us, even when they kill us, Lord God. We're just praying in the meantime that the people of God will begin to turn to you and look to you, God. Because, Father, if we die in Christ only, <clears throat> then we shall live. But if we don't, Lord God, which is more critical than anything else, God, is that today, God, we live our lives today in, 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 light of in light of eternal salvation. And Lord God, we're just praying because you don't want any soul to be lost, but you want all to come to you and repent. So we pray for the lost right now. We pray for the backsliders. We pray for the prodigal sons and daughters. We pray for all these families to receive healing, comfort, strength right now, Lord God. Let us not make a political issue out of this, but let us call it what it is. It's murder, Lord God. And so we just pray right now against that spirit of murder right now. In Jesus' name, Father, corruption in Jesus' name, spiritual wickedness in high places. We bind it right now in Jesus' name, and we declare tonight that the truth, God, will be known by all of your people, Lord God, that they may be free by the truth, Lord God. 
And so we give you praise, glory, and honor. Now, God, forgive us of our sins because we have sinned against you and heal our land because we're in an awful way right now, God. And so we just give you praise, glory, and honor that once again you would restore the righteousness in this nation, moral and ethical standards, Lord God, of how we do things. We're just praying right now that righteousness will once again exalt this nation and every nation who will make you, Lord, will, will, will be blessed tonight. We declare it. In Jesus' name, we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. Thank you for hearing our prayer tonight. Thank you for all who prayed tonight. Father, we just uh, tonight speak blessings over this group tonight. Ask you to just bring them back in the morning. Give them a good, peaceful night's sleep. Watch over them. Keep them. Put a hedge around them. Cover them with your blood. We want nothing to happen to them, Father, because we know that's your will. Shield us. Protect us right now. We look to you, the author, finish, and develop our faith for us. In Jesus' wonderful name that we offer this prayer, God, to the God above. Amen and amen. So we're going to go ahead and get started now. My name is Sharon Hayes, Pastor Sharon Hayes, and I pastor here uh, with my husband. And we are just so thankful that God chose to use our family. You know, I want to start off this morning with the prayer that David was praying um, in the book of Chronicles, you know, I think about uh, how we here and now are being blessed from promises God made to people who came before us. And, and, and when they were here, we really weren't a part of this other than in the heart and the mind of God. You know, as we see our history evolve, we see that we became a part because we were adopted into the family. And I thank God for that adoption. And let me tell you something. I don't feel like no secondary child. I feel in this adoption, I am as a child that was born into it. Because let me tell you, the Bible said Jesus' side was pierced and out of it came blood and water. And, and, and that was the birth of the church. And through that came the grace of God where I was given my salvation through his grace and adopted into his family. So I thank God for that. But we've been talking about the justice of God. And I tell you, Pastor Lester had a word for us Sunday talking about the justice of God. And when he spoke about it, he talked about quite a, a, a few definitions of justice. And I want to talk about the justice of God. I tell you, he brought that word forth to us Sunday. And I just want to build on what he has already said. Uh, might have a few little different scriptures, but that's okay. It, it's all about God's divine justice. And pastor gave us some definitions and I tell you the word was really really good he talked to us about justice what the bible has to say to, about justice he also talked to us about the justice that you know um, man's justice but when we look at the justice of God and how we as Christians see that justice 
you know, what is the justice of God? And we look at it and we say uh, the justice of God. When we look in the word, it talks to us about absent, you know, with God and his justice. Justice of God is the absence and impossibility of any moral disorder within himself. Talking about within God, there there is no there is no uh, moral disorder within God, and God wants that to carry over into His people. God's justice is thus equivalent to His infinite holiness and perfect goodness. See, God is good. God don't shortcome anyone. God will go the extra mile. He will walk even further than we need him to go for us just to make sure that we have a chance to accept him and to be like him. You see, Jesus paid a price for us, and I thank him for doing that. When we look in the book, I really started my text in the book of First Chronicles, talking about what is justice and looking up some scriptures about justice. And I looked at David. David was a man after God's own heart. And so here this morning, we're going to take a look at David, how he wanted that justice in him. He wanted to reign over God's people through true justice. But I got to tell you, if we're going to do that, we got to pray to God that his justice dwell in us. You know, sometimes, you know, we try to, in man's world, equal justice with the law. But let me tell you, God said you got to go a little further than that. It's got to be some mercy and grace in here too. And so we've got to understand that man's justice might just call for man's law. But God justice says it's got to be some mercy and some grace in there. Man just take the part of showing a person what they've done wrong and how they're going to be punished with it. God justice is laced with mercy, grace, and love where we come to a point where God will show us what we've done wrong, but he also show us how to get it right. This is where mercy and grace come in. It holds back the hand of passing judgment upon us to show us how we can get this right, how we don't have to go this route anymore. And so that's what David chose to to have justice over God's people. Let, let's look at David, how he prepared himself. See, we got to prepare ourselves to walk in justice. In other words, what I'm saying, we have to decide how we're going to live. Are we going to live by man's justice or are we going to live by God's justice? And let me tell you, in God's justice, along with that mercy, that grace and that love, it brings about forgiveness. 
And forgiving sometimes for some people are it's not as easy for some as it is for others. But forgiveness have to be a part of this. So what David, let's see how David prepared himself. In the book of First Chronicle, going to chapter 17, and I really want to start at verse 16. Now understand, I'm going to go over this portion just to show how David prepared himself and what he prepared himself for. And if you start at verse 16, we'll realize David is praying unto God. And here, David's prayer, let's, let's go ahead and read this. Here we are in the book of First Chronicles, chapter... 17, starting at verse 16, and David is praying unto God. And let's read verse 16. And David the king came and sat before the Lord and said, Who am I, O God? And what is my house that thou have brought me hitherto? Now, I'm going to take a little break and talk about this for a minute. David here is asking God because David really, I can imagine his mind is just blown how God has considered him and how God is blessing him and working with him. And so David, he says, who am I, O Lord? And what is my house? In other words, I'm just a little piece of dust here on this earth. And what is my house that thou have brought me hitherto? He goes on in verse 17 and says, And yet this was a small thing in thy eyes, O God, for thou hast also spoken of thy servant house for a great while to come. David's thinking about even back when Abraham was, God was speaking about the house that was yet to come. And so he goes on and he said, For thou hast also spoken of thy servant house for a great while to come and has regarded me according to to the estate of a man of high degree, O oh Lord God. See, we got to understand, God don't see us how we see ourselves. He didn't see David. David saw himself as something small. David saw himself as, you know, coming from the bottom up. And some of us see ourselves that way. We look at ourselves how people have treated us. Instead of looking at ourselves, how God see us. And so David said, you're regarding me. You're looking at me as a man of high degree. And then he says, oh, Lord, God, because it's blowing David's mind how God see him. And I'm telling you all, we got to understand that God, even though we see ourselves where we are right now, God sees a finished product. He sees us as great men and women of God. He sees us as people who will bring things forward on his behalf. People who are willing to do what we have to do to, to 
be a part of God's will. Now, we all understand that we're only a smart, small part of God's will, but a small part of God's will is something great. It's something magnificent. It's awesome. And that's how God see us. David said, you see me in my estate. You see me as a man to the estate of a man of a high degree. Understand, God see you as a high degree. I don't care what people have said about you. Then he goes on in verse 18. What can David speak? more to thee for the honor of thy servant, for thou hast known thy servant. So David's saying, God, I don't even know what to say. You have honored me so much. You have treated me in such an honorable way, and you have brought my self-esteem up so high. I didn't even realize that you looked at me that way. But now I see that you hold me, your servant, in honor. And he goes on in verse 19. Oh Lord, for thy servant's sake, and according to thy own heart, has thou done all this greatness to make known all these great things. Oh Lord, there is none like thee. Neither is there any God besides thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. Verse 21, and what one nation in the earth is like thy people Israel, whom God went to redeem, to be his own people, to make thee a name of greatness and terribleness by driving out nations from before thy people whom thou has redeemed out of Egypt. Oh, let's take a pause here and look. You see what has happened, he has redeemed his people out of Egypt. And he, David is acknowledging that. David is acknowledging that from where Abraham came and where he is now, the great <coughs> things that God has done, redeeming his people out of Egypt. And I tell you, God has done some great things. He have done great things on the behalf <coughs> of his people. And it's wonderful that David is acknowledging that. You know, when he talked about being redeemed, he, he wanted to make sure that God understood that he had, he realized that God had redeemed him. And you know, when you look at that, it's in the Old Testament, but if you go over to the book of Colossians, oh my God, in the book of uh, First. Colossians, the first chapter, verses 13 and 14. And when we take a look at that, not only did he redeem them, David is acknowledging that God had paid a price for them, that he has bought Israel back. And when 
Israel was in prison and in and working for the Egyptian, how God brought him back. But let me tell you, that wasn't just in the Old Testament they redeemed. When you look in the book of Colossians, the first chapter, verses 13 and 14, listen what it has to say about our redemption. Who have delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. You see, not only was Israel bought back, but Jesus came and bought us back and we have been redeemed by his love, blood. We have been brought out of darkness and see sometimes for some people darkness can be different things in the old testament when they were in egypt they were dealing with a darkness of being in slavery of being beaten and made to work where in the new testament jesus is looking at how we were enslaved in sin and sin was keeping us enslaved. And so here we see that he redeemed us. He brought us back out of that darkness. And David goes on back in the book of First Chronicles, the 17th chapter. You know, we just looked at verse 21, how he redeemed his people out of Egypt. Verse 22 reads, for thy people Israel, didst thou make thy own people forever? And thou, Lord, became their God. You see, even now we look at how we've been made God's people. Even though they were talking about from Egypt being bought back. But we've got to understand we've been bought back from sin. We are no longer slaves to sin. We belong to God now. Verse 23. Therefore now, Lord, let the thing that thou hast spoken concerning thy servant and concerning his house be established forever. And do as thou hast said. You see, this is what we have to do. Turn it over to God. What you say about us, God. I'm willing to go where you want to take me. I'm willing to be what you want me to be. No more my will, but thou will be done in my life. And see, David here is telling God, I'm ready. I'm ready to be the man, the saint, the Christian, the child of God that you want me to be. David knew he wasn't perfect, but he knew that he could reach the perfection, the maturity that God had called him to be in as a leader because he was the leader of Israel at that time. And it was up to him to lead God people. And he wanted to be the best that he could be. And I'm telling you right now, we are God's spokesmen. We are God's spokeswomen. We are the people who are speaking out and trying to be a leader in this earth today. 
to lead God's people and the people of this world to God, not away from him, but to his righteousness, to his justness. You know, we look at all the things that are going on in the world, how people are being treated because of the color of their skin, because of their gender. You know, every man, every woman have fallen short of God's righteousness. That's why Jesus died for us. But it's amazing that how we want to make a record to follow men and women of color and and their gender and where they came from to try to hold them back in the system from getting jobs, from being able to participate in some of the things that are offered through our government because they have a record. But then you have people who have committed more crimes and because of the color of their skin, maybe they were just given a warning, don't do that again. And sent away where because of the color of our skin and our gender sometimes that they're going to write a ticket. They're going to arrest. They're going to send to court. They're going to make sure that there is a record. But David said, I want to be a man who can be over God's people and run it justly and be fair to everyone. And so we go on here. And we see in verse 24, he said, Let it even be established that thou name may be magnified forever, saying, The Lord of hosts is the God of Israel, even a God of Israel. And let the house of David thy servant be established before thee. For thou Oh, my God has told thy servant that thou will build him a house. Therefore, thy servant have found in his heart to pray before thee. Verse 26. And now, Lord, thou art God and has promised this goodness unto thy servant. Now, therefore, let it please thee to bless the house of thy servant, that it may be before thee forever. For thou have blessed, blessed it, O Lord, and it shall be blessed forever. David was assured that what God had blessed, no man could curse. And because you have spoke, God, this blessing over your house, that it shall be done and I want to bring it to today. God has spoke a blessing over his people. He's made promises to us. And God is keeping his promises. We got to move forward in the promises of God. And, and allow what God has said about us to be. David says here, and I read that prayer that we will understand. In praying that prayer... David moves on, and in verse 18, in, I'm sorry, chapter 18, verse 14, the beginning of this chapter talk about all the things God had allowed God, David, to do. What he was praying and giving thanks for, how they had conquered a lot of these 
other kings, other tribes, and God had brought them to a point where they were had been established in the land. And you see, God had did this for them because he promised it to them. And David understanding that God is bringing Israel along for a purpose, understanding that his life and the people life, our life, even today, is for a purpose. It's so that we can show people that Jesus is the example. And we are following him and we are trying to establish and will establish his word in the earth. So David comes along in verse in chapter 18, still in First Chronicles chapter 18 and verse 14. And this is what David is saying. So the Bible tells us, so David reigned over all of Israel. Yes, he did, because God gave him that. He made him leader. And listen to this, and executed judgment and justice among all his people. Talking about David in a leadership role went right ahead and executed judgment over all God's people. Now, when we take a look at what God's justice and God's judgment is, this is when we understand a bigger part of our purpose of being here on earth. Because David understood that that's what God wanted that executed judgment and justice among all his people. But you see, God not only wanted David to do that, but he wanted David to execute God's justice, God's judgment, not just man. And it's important that we know the difference between the two so we can understand that God is calling for a higher moral and ethical justice to be executed over his people. Let's look at this word justice. So we listen to how pastor preached to us and I read this morning the <coughs> um, meaning of justice. And I wanna look just a little further Add just a little bit, another perspective of it. So when we look at David reigning over all of Israel, this justice, when you look up that word justice, the old Hebrew language, it's a word meaning sardat. It's a verb. And if you look it up in the Strong's, it's H, which stands for Hebrew, 6663. It comes from a root word that means make right, to be just of God, to cleanse, to put or make right, be justified. And we know that is only one that can justify us. His name is Jesus Christ. This same word stemming from the root word was used in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs, the um, 21st chapter, verse 13. And I know I read that Sunday, and it reads like this. It is joy to the just 
to do judgment. But destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. Now here we see the word judgment. Because understand, David's prayer was to execute judgment and justice among his people. Those two things go together. Judgment, misposh. This is a word that comes from a Hebrew word. And it means um, act of deciding a case, place, court, seat of judgment. It's a process, a procedure of litigation. It's executing uh, the rights and the privilege due legally. So we've got to look at the rights and the privileges of God's people. You see, not by man's account, but by God's account. And that is so important that when we speak on justice, that we are talking about God's justice. In the book of Isaiah, the first <coughs> chapter, and I think I want to turn to that because I... I uh, wrote down Isaiah 17, but I really want to read Isaiah 16, 17, and 18. It's in the book of Isaiah, the first chapter. If you don't mind going there with me, I know it'll be a blessing to you. I know it will because it definitely was a blessing to me. And so here we see in Isaiah, God is talking to his people. And when we look at uh, how Isaiah was writing this and how God had talked to his people. He says in verse 16, this is Isaiah, the first chapter, starting at verse 16, and we're going to read 16, 17, and 18. And I think later uh, tonight when I finish this up, we'll go a little deeper in the book of Isaiah, the first chapter, verse 16, 17, and 18. And it reads, Wash ye, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doing from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. This is what God is calling of his people. Cease to do evil. Verse 17, learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. So here we see God is telling them what he don't want and what he wants. You see, doing it man's way, that, that won't get it with God. That is not what God is looking for out of his people. Even though we live in this world, we're not of this world. We seek a higher justice. We seek higher judgment. We seek what God is looking for. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Then in verse 18, he said, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. 
Thus, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Verse 19, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. God is calling his people to a higher calling. Not to what man say is the right thing or the wrong thing, but what is justice in the eyes of God? What judgment is God calling for? Now, it's very easy for us to understand when we're being judged by God how we want mercy, how we want grace. But when we're in the position and we've been offended by somebody, when we talk about judgment and justice, we're not talking about just executing some form of punishment upon someone. God, even before the punishment, God want to give them an opportunity to repent of sin, to put it away, to change their way so they don't have to be punished. You know, Jesus took the punishment for us. He hung on the cross. He took it for us so we could make a change, so we could turn to God. We could repent, turn from our evil ways. And God is calling us to that same justice for others. You know, I knew a young lady. I used to work with her. And even though it was amazing to me, and I told her one day, I said, you know, you want to walk in grace. But every time somebody does something to you, she started quoting scriptures in the Old Testament where, where they said an eye for an eye. You know, that if that person does this against me, I have the right to do this against them. Then she began to quote scriptures how uh, David asked God to punish his enemy. I said, but it's amazing that when it's you, it's always about God's grace and God's mercy. But God wants us to give people the same grace and mercy Amen. and forgiveness and love that Amen. we want from him. Hallelujah. God is looking for us to execute his judgment, his justice. God don't see color. God is not moved by color. God is not moved by gender. God wants his people to walk in what he walks in. Yes. That's love. That's mercy. That's grace. That's forgiveness. Not always saying, oh God, they did this against me. Sometimes when people do wrong, we need to look at what made them do that wrong. You don't know what kind of home they were brought up mm -hmm. in. You don't know what they endured last night. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a cry for help. Yeah. It's a cry that to, to you come, you speak in my life, 
execution of justice and judgment. Sometimes the justice and judgment is getting them out of that situation. Oh, come on. Jesus is calling us to a higher calling. Not a calling of always what telling somebody what they've done wrong and putting them in their place. But when we see them out of place, know that something is wrong. We got to understand people are acting out because they need help. This world and the things that are going on, beat it out of them. Beat love out of them. Beat hope out of them. And we are here to bring it back. To say there is hope in God. Yes. Justice in God. You know, we got to trust in him. It was amazing one day, Pastor Lester and I, we were walking. And this young man walked by us. We were doing our little five-mile walk for that day. Two miles out, two and a half miles out, two and a half miles back. And it was this young man. Af- it was a African-American, uh, black, brown, a young man. And you could look at his face. I looked at his face because I try to hold my head up and speak to people. I want people to re- know I respect them enough, regardless to how you dress. He wasn't dressed the best. He didn't comb his hair, looked like he didn't even wash his face. But I wanted to look him in the eye and let him know I respect you. I don't know what happened yesterday. I don't know what has been going on in your life. I don't know what you're living in, but I could see the hardness on him. I could see the hurt. He walked with his shoulders down and looking down to the ground and there was no smile on his face. You see hurt and hardness in him. And I wanted to look him in the eye and I wanted to say good morning. I wanted to say hello. I wanted him to know I respect you enough as a human being, that I'm going to open my mouth and speak to you in kindness, that man would not look up. I said, hello. He said, not a word. He just kept walking, head down, and he kept going. And as he walked away in the opposite opposite direction of me, I began to pray. I said, Lord, I don't know what this man went through, but I see It's beating him down. I see it's been over a long period. It has been a beat down to him. I said, but God, I want him to know there is hope in Jesus Christ. Bring someone in his life that can speak to him, that he will listen to. You know, I couldn't go stop him. He wouldn't even respond to me when I spoke to him. But that's okay. I'm not heartbroken by that. I realize that I need to pray. I need to pray for God's mercy, for his justice, for his love, his forgiveness to be in this young man's life. I could tell he was a young man, but his face looked very hard. It looked as though he had endured some things that I might not even can't imagine. I don't know of. See, and this is my whole point. We don't know what people go through. We don't know why sometimes 
they can act mean or be, you know, road rage. We see all these things today. But I want to say to you, that's a cry out for help. And even if we're not the ones that can help them, we can pray for them. We can ask God to help them out of these situations. Because people don't understand when you have lived a life of being without all the time, of being told that you're nothing, you're nobody, you're secondary, you're inferior to everybody else. If you don't know God, if you don't understand what God have said about you, you will begin to believe that. You'll begin to believe it. You'll begin to live in that manner. You will begin to act that way. Yes, Lord. And see, mm. what yes. happened is you begin to, that's all you yes, know. Yes, 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 yes. It becomes a place in life where all you're thinking about is survival. Yes, all you're Lord. thinking about, can I eat? Can I breathe? Will I have somewhere to sleep tonight? And God said, see, that is oppression. That is oppression. That is evil. That is coming down on people in a way that no one should be, should live that way. No one should have to endure that. But people each and every day of their lives are enduring that. But we know they can have a better life. We know God has given us a better life. We haven't been in life where we are now. We mm. haven't been saved all our life. Mm. And we haven't had the things that we have now all our life. Mm. I remember as a child how we moved so much. My mm. daddy would always try to take a step up. Mm. We'll, we started out in a place mm. in, in mm. Columbus, Georgia. And if I called the name of the place, Kindred Quarter. Everybody know that was the ghetto. Everybody know that was a housing area. In Columbus, they knew that was probably one of the worst places you can live. But you know what? My mama and daddy prayed over us and kept us until they could try to keep us as safe as they could till they could move forward. Mm. The, when they could move, we moved into a house. Into a different neighborhood. Mm -hmm. My daddy mm -hmm. would tell us, you, you better go to school. You better get an education. Mm -hmm. He tried to teach us, he and my mama, to take a step forward. Mm -hmm. I think about, I thought about when I saw that man. I said, I don't know what he had lived through. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if he got a place to live. Mm -hmm. But my heart went out to him and I began to pray because I know mm -hmm. I haven't lived in a place like I live in now. I'm not going to tell you it's a palace, but I will say it's my palace. God has brought us from a place where we used to be to a place of comfort in him. And I'm not worried about where my next meal come from. I'm not worried about if I'll have a roof over my head. But I can't forget that there are still people who lived in a place like I lived in as a little child. Here shooting and fighting, cussing and stabbing during the night. 
You in your house think you locked up. People don't care if your light on or nothing. They be trying to beat your back door down. But see, we got alarms. We set them. We got cameras outside the house. We live in neighborhoods. They got signs up, no soliciting. Your neighbor over there watching out for you just like you watching out for them. Everybody not living in a neighborhood like that. And it is injustice in the eyes of God how people are living such a substandard life now. Because we live in a country that is rich. No one should go hungry. No one should have to live in a house with half the roof gone. And God is calling us to a higher calling. I tell you, I, I, I didn't mean to get off on a tantrum, but we got to look at justice and injustice. And we got to bring it to God's justice. And we've got to pray for that. Am I saying we're going to change the world? Yes, we're going to change it with prayer. Because God told us it is going to change one day. It's going to come a day that... How we see this earth, it's going to fade away. He said it's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. So, yes, it is going to change. I want to read one more scripture, and then I'm going to just shut it down and finish this up tonight. In the book of Micah, the sixth chapter and the eighth verse, it reads, He has showed thee, O man, what is good. And what do the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God? See, God is calling us to a higher calling. We're not going to change the world by ourselves. God is the leader of that. He's really going to do it. But what we're going to do is be spokespeople right here in this earth to let people know that a change is coming. That God have promised us more than what we're living in now. So I thank God for you listening this morning. Even though I'm closing up now, this is not the end of this message. This is not the end. We're talking about here right now. God's justice. And we're going to finish up, up tonight. We're going to go ahead and close out with a prayer right now. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, you are a just God. And your justice includes righteousness. Your justice, God, is for all people. No matter what the skin color the gender, no matter where they come from, if we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we are your children. We are your people. We are included in those that Jesus gave his life for. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for anyone right now who doesn't know Jesus in the pardon of their sin. Father, I pray Pray that they will go to the word of God. Oh, Father, in the book of Roman, God. Roman, the 10th chapter, verses 9 and 10. 
Lord, I pray that they and we all will honor these words. Your word said, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Mm, mm, mm. So here in reading these scriptures, we know that we have to confess with our mouths mm, 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 the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have to believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. And our confession is made unto salvation. So if you're out there and you believe, in your heart. Mm, mm, mm. If you will confess with your mouth that you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ mm, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So if you do believe, open your mouth and confess it unto God. You don't have to confess it to us. That's why you can do it right now, even if you're there alone or you think you're alone. I want you to know God is there with you. The Holy Ghost is there. And he's there to receive you as a child. Just believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, and thou shalt be saved. For the Bible says that we should not be ashamed. We can go on in life and not be ashamed and know that God is our Father and we are his children. And Father, we continue to pray that those who are oppressed, those, God, who are gone without and who are living in substandard condition and raising their children with no hope at all or with the hope of only moving to that when they get older, they can move around the corner to another government apartment to live. God, I pray for a higher hope. I pray that they understand that you are God and you have more and that you have given us in life than to hope for only that. God, we want our children to understand that they can go on and be great men and women in this world to help others, but mostly all, most of all, in you, that they can lead and guide others unto the graciousness and the righteousness of, of Jesus Christ. So, Father, we give you thanks for this day. We see it as another day we can tell someone about the goodness of God, about the love of God, about how God loves us and cares for us. In Jesus' name, 